Hello everyone, this is Luigi and welcome to another episode of the UVK Travel Podcast where we talk with travel experts about amazing destinations and the tips and tools that any traveler can use. On today's episode we have Gabriela Ribeiro, she is the owner of the Explorator Journeys, a travel agency that curates exceptional, authentic and immersive travel experiences for the globally couriers and makes any traveler's dream come true. In this episode, we discuss how the travel industry has been impacted by COVID-19 and the value of using a travel advisor, especially during a pandemic. As a single mom who is an avid traveler and entrepreneur, Gabriela is a force on nature and she delivers a ton of value in this episode. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Gabriela. I hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening. Hello, Gabriela. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Good to talk to you. Yeah, let's start with you sharing something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Oh, my goodness. I've been to over 130 countries. <laughs> and that's really travel, definitely my passion. And, um, you know, I know we're in crazy times right now, but I, I do plan on seeing as much of the world as I can when things open back up. Wow, 130 countries is quite a lot. <laughs> long, long list of travels, yes, but it's something I really love. Absolutely. So you have the fortune of growing up in the travel industry, and I believe your dad used to operate charter flights. Is that correct? Yes, back in the 80s when it kind of became a big thing. And um, so we, we grew up in the business. We really didn't know any other way. Um, and we love to explore from a very early age. So we were fortunate to have experiences, you know, right from the beginning. Wow. So what is it like to grow up in a family so involved in travel? I mean, that's something quite unique. You know, it's interesting. You 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 get, of course, a much broader perspective of the world. And I think, you know, when you grow up and especially when you become a teenager and you become confused and, you know, and okay. all of that. I think, you know, knowing that you can always fall back and, and say, you know what, I, I've seen so much of the world, this isn't worth getting upset about. And, you know, and just having a more broader um, global perspective, I think really helped me. Um, and also, you know, shaping business moving forward and just having a, a better understanding, even as a parent of how to raise my child. Um, but, you know, it was weird. We, we just always, when there was an opportunity, we went. I mean, we we would find ourselves going to Europe on a, on a, on a whim, you know, <laughs> But, you know, my cousins and I used to laugh because we used to complain to our parents and say, why can't we just be a normal family and go to Disney World? Like, we, you know, <laughs> it was always someplace exotic and strange, you know, and I, I appreciate it now. But, you know, there were, there were moments where we were sort of like, um, you know, I'd, I'd rather do something like everybody else does. Just go to the beach, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good problem to have, right? <laughs> yeah, I, know, I realize that now. <laughs> so what are some of the lessons that you learn from your parents when it comes to making travel choices? I think it's always important. It has always been important to, to 
delve into experiences and it's it's not enough to just go somewhere and take a bus tour you know we never did that but a lot of people do um you know or you know simply just sit around and not get out and explore they were always very focused on let's let's go out and eat at a new restaurant or let's try a different food even if you don't like it you have to try it um smiling at people you know so like like a full immersion in the in the in the local with the locals okay exactly Exactly. and not being afraid to explore and my dad used to love to drive we used to rent cars wherever we went and we would just kind of explore and um you know i think some people get afraid to do that but really it's just the world's a pretty friendly place as you have it rented a car in italy (laughs) oh yes well i i've done that a few times never again but (laughs) Who <laughs> cool, there is left and right then. Exactly, exactly. But you know, in the in the 80s, I guess, or you know, even like after that, it was just kind of the thing that you did. And it was um it was a fun way to explore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so COVID-19, I'd like mm-hmm. to hear your thoughts about this coronavirus pandemic. As you know, COVID-19 has disrupted the travel industry and you know, I w- I think it's fair to say the economy in general. Many people have vacations booked in the coming weeks or months, and many others have canceled their trips completely. And it's very nice to feel disappointed and confused. How, in your opinion, is the travel industry reacting to this public health emergency? I think the industry members have been brilliant. I've never seen such solidarity, strength, um, and, you know, especially with advisors and, and travel agents who are caring so much about their clients. And remember, so many travel agents don't get paid till their clients travel. So they put so much work and effort into this. And for trips that have been canceled or postponed, they are up. I have seen the best of the best day and night, working things out for people, making sure they're comfortable, you know, with with their change of plans, or, you know, if they had to cancel. So I've seen, you know, hotels be brilliant. I've seen local tour companies really be wonderful with their policies. They've been doing the best that they can, I see, you know, as, as far as I could see. Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of partners actually that they are refunding clients or they are letting them postpone, and um, so it's very nice, I think, from these partners that they're doing that. And I think that shows travelers something because there are some, you know, in other industries or companies or things have happened before where you know people haven't gotten their money back or they've had to fight. And and I think in this stage, everybody that I've seen, and I have a pretty big orbit in tourism, <laughs> has just been completely fair and, and um, you know, very willing to help. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. So what, what are some of the stories that you hear from your own clients that, are pers- that you're personally helping right now? You know, I, I hear the people, I mean, we deal with two different segments. So we deal with, you know, our our business to business clients or our tour companies and hotels, and they are remaining optimistic, which is wonderful. And they, they've been excellent leaders for me and great mentors. Um, everybody is completely concerned. I mean, concerned to the point where, you know, there's, there's cash flow issues. There's, I mean, all sorts of things, because we all got completely blindsided. So I think we're taking a careful approach, you know, um, making measures, uh, you know, taking measures where they have to, where they have to be taken and, you know, limiting investments, marketing, things like that. But the truth is nobody knows. So we're all kind of taking it day by day. But what I do see on the client side, when I plan travel for direct clients, the people we work with are very intrepid. They want to travel. They are already very tired of this. (laughs) They're annoyed. Um, I, I am too. And what we're finding is that there's going to be, I believe, a very big, quick demand to go anywhere 
um, oh, I, over. So I, I think it's going to bounce back like a rubber band, but um, it's going to be changed forever. And that's for sure. And what I see here is maybe in the U.S. people wanting to maybe, you know, start off slow and maybe they're going to think about traveling U.S. domestic first and then look at maybe 2021 to resume their plans overseas. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. Do you find that with your agency, uh, do you book more international travel than domestic? A hundred percent. We don't do any domestic. So, <laughs> okay. so we're, we're learning fast, um, you know, and discovering new, really unique. Because, I mean, you know, America is a huge country full of amazing, amazing treasures. And um, if, that, if that's what makes people feel a little bit safer, um, we'll find them amazing experiences. Yeah, let's go skiing Colorado than Switzerland, right? <laughs> exactly. And there's there's national parks. There's all of these things that we forget as Americans because we always want to go as far as we can and as quick as we can. And um, you know, there's there's a lot to be to be enjoyed here. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's say that someone has booked a trip on their own online, whatever, and now they feel that they could use some help from a travel advisor like yourself. Are you or any travel advisor in general still able to help them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we can. And I think that, you know, the savvier agents definitely know the right partners to call on the ground. Um, you know, it's it, everybody has their own way of booking travel. But what I do know is that um, people who had booked online are definitely learning the value <laughs> at this moment uh, of an advisor and an advocate um, on your side who has the partnerships on the ground, the relationships with the hotels who were able to pick up phones, um, you know, and, and change things on their behalf versus, you know, calling a call center where nobody knows you, there's hours of hold time and, um, and frustration at the end of the day, because I think what happened is when people booked with no, with no, um, with no agent behind it, they're, they're getting completely frustrated at the whole process. And I think that is turning them off to travel in general. And I think when you have an advisor making it comfortable and saying, okay, let's just postpone, here's what I can offer. There's going to be no challenges, no fees you know, and making it easy. Then I think, um, you know, they're more, they're more bound to, to have more trust in the business. I completely agree. Like there, I know a lot of people have spent hours on the phone with, you know, airlines and yeah. hotels, OTAs, uh, online travel agencies. So it can be quite frustrating and time consuming too. Yes. Um, so let your advisor do that for you pretty much. Right. Well, that's what they love to do. They know who to call. And I think once you have that, that comfort of somebody taking care of you, um, you're always going to go back to that person because you'll know what the work that they put in to help you. Yep. Yes. So let's talk a little bit more about your travel agency, uh, which is called The Explorator Journeys, correct? Mm -hmm. I pronounce it right. Great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you're part of Virtuoso. And for those that are listening and don't know what Virtuoso is, uh, Virtuoso is a global network of agencies that specialize in luxury and experiential travel. And uh, it's a quite a huge uh, global network with more than 20,000 advisors. And Gabriela, you're one of those. And wh when did you start the agency and why? Um, you know, I had been writing about my travels for a very long time, probably since mm, I want to say 2003, <laughs> I, when I actually started and, you know, everybody all of a sudden was blogging, you know, <laughs> and so I said, well, I do that too. And um, I had, you know, great stories to tell. So I was just writing things and, and I had been so many places. And what I had always done since I was a little kid is write things down. I always wrote, okay, which store I liked or which restaurant I liked somewhere or my favorite meal I ate somewhere, you know, in Morocco or whatever it was. And um, so I put those stories down and then people just started naturally gravitating towards me for travel advice. 
because they were reading my stuff and, and, but I wasn't getting paid for it. I said, I'm doing a lot of work here. (laughs) (laughs) trip, And I'm down to the end detail. And, um, you know, I have another business in tourism, which I've always loved. And and that's, that continues. But I said, you know what, I think it's, it's an opportunity for me to really dig deep, make this official and, and give people the experience of a lifetime. So that's, yeah, I started it back in uh, 2014. See, I think it's great because you brought value first and it was free and, trust, and people, yeah. yes, and people trusted you. Yeah. And still today, people call me all the time. I mean, there's so many people that I help and I, I don't book and that's fine because um, I just really want them to, to go and explore. So, you know, people don't have to book with me. It's, it's something I really do as a, you know, as a, as a passion. What, what do you think then why people, not everyone, but why there is a bunch of people still that do not use a travel advisor? What is the value of having a travel advisor? And why do you think that these people don't don't want to use them? Uh, two words: COVID nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the biggest lesson. I mean, really, I think it's a natural thing, um, and this isn't just related to travel. It's a natural instinct for humans to think that they can do things better than anyone else, right? They, I let me just handle the cooking because I can do it better than you. That kind of thing. And I think you know the the, the web has definitely made us. Um, feel as though we can get the best deal. And I put that in quotes. (laughs) And, you know, with that, it has empowered people. And I I love the OTAs. I think they're wonderful. And I think there's a place for them. But, you know, if you're just booking a a hotel in Chicago, fine, you know, Um, but when you want a complex itinerary that is enriching, I think there's no substitute for having a planner, because, you know, you're not going to get that kind of, you know, the planner would know your personality, they would know um, what kind of guide to match you up with. They understand, you know, like how to, you know, depending on their specialty, how to how to give the most fulfilling journey um, with children when you're traveling with children, things like that. I think, you know, your vacation time is really brief here in the U.S. We have two weeks on average. Right. So all of that has got to count. And when you if you're really going to make the investment, I think now, especially after all of this, people are really understanding the value of their freedom and the value of money um, during these times where we're shut in and we can't go anywhere. Um, I think you have to get a great return on that. And only somebody who can plan that and craft it well is going to give you that versus you, because there's, there's a lot you don't know. It's like, I, I could easily try to paint my house, but there's, there's much I don't know about you know, how to make it look great. I could do it, but it wouldn't look the best. So, um, you know, and this, this is your quality time. So I think, you know, there's no better, um, no better investment than uh, spending time with a travel agent who understands how to do all of this. And then of course, what I mentioned before is you need someone to help you when, when times get rough, you know, earthquakes happen, natural disasters happen, you know, things where you have to leave quickly, you know, heaven forbid. And you want someone being able to do that for you. I absolutely love the analogy that you use with the restaurants because it makes so much sense. Just because you're good at cooking, it doesn't mean that you don't go out to a restaurant. And by the way, when you go out to a restaurant, it's because you want to enjoy your time with families and friends. So it's exactly the same thing when you book travel. So if you use a travel advisor, they will take care of everything for you. And like you said, if there is an issue, you are going to be there for them. Yes, 100%. And, and we have seen that, you know, and I said before, we have seen that time and time like I, you know, we do a lot of support calls for travel agents, and we're really trying to help them through this. And they are just exhausted. Um, but fighting, you know, fighting every single day in a good way, you know, with a great spirit, but they I mean, they're the ones on the phone at two in the morning here to talk to people in Europe, or to talk to people in Asia and to figure things out for clients, you know, to get them out. And, and that's, that's what they do. Yeah. And many people don't see that. But do you think that they know that? 
Um, I, you know, I think that they know that their clients appreciate them. <laughs> and I think, you know, now with social media, we have really seen some great stories and, you know, um, of, of, you know, heroes, I'd say, you know, to help people who were, who were stranded or were stuck, you know, because these regulations change overnight here with, you know, where you can go, where you can't, when you have to return. And, and um, they have, you know, the savvy ones have been on the ball and really helping people. So it's been beautiful. Wait, great, great. Um, I understand that every client can be difficult or different. They have different needs, different budget, different interests. How do you manage that? And what would you say was the most unique trip you have ever customized for a client? I think, you know, for us, it's, it's not always about budget. For us, it's really about their goal. Um, you know, we are an experiential company, so we want to deliver something that we say leaves a footprint on somebody's soul. Um, you know, so... It, Every, every agent is, is different. Um, for instance, we're not the agency if you want to book a cruise or a trip to Jamaica and a, you know, or going to visit an all-inclusive, things like that. But other people are great with that. Um, so I kind of look at the psychology behind why they want to travel. Are they family bonding? Um, does somebody, somebody going through a divorce and just needs to get away and reconnect with themselves? Um, you know, is it a you know, multi-generational group of, you know, family that never gets to see each other. And this is their one time a year where they do. It depends on what they want to achieve more so than budget. And then based on that, we can figure out what they want to do. Um, let's see, the most unique trip. Um, we did a, a, a large family. It was wonderful. And they went to um, to South Africa with a couple of extensions around. And we do a lot of Africa. And um, it was a 50th wedding anniversary kind of renewal of vows. Wow. <laughs> yeah, with um, with quite a few uh, family members who came from different parts of the world. So that was tricky. Six <laughs> wow. um, wise, but um, made it happen. And, and yeah, that was that was really beautiful. And do you remember how many people was that particular group? You know, it was it was around twenty, so it wasn't it wasn't like a okay. hundred or anything. But really, there were so many logistics and so many different. I mean, between the dietary requirements and and who needed to get where and the ages and you know and all of the special accommodations and things like that. But it was um you know it was it was great to see them. I'm yeah. sure it was absolutely a lot of work. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> so let's switch gear. You developed the 48-hour power junt, which basically allows busy people to have their trip of a lifetime in a city around the world in just two days. And it sounds like you know the ideal plan for those type of A kind of people. And also on your Vimeo's channel, you have videos of 48 hours in Tokyo, Hong Kong, Paris, Rome, and Lisbon, which I understand is your favorite place. And how did you come up with this idea? Well, I've, I've been always traveling very, very quickly all my life. Like I said, when we, you know, growing up and when we had an opportunity to go, it really didn't matter how long we had. We just went. Right? So I was used to being... Um, you know, traveling very quickly. I never check a bag. I always use a carry on. It's just the way that I go. And, um, you know, especially now just, you know, being a, you know, a single mom and I have some, some time to myself. Sometimes it was always like a, a, a rhythm where I said, okay, you know what? I can go to London for the night, you know, like <laughs> I can do that. Um, just like that. Exactly. And, you know, and I have a daughter, she's now 11, but you know, she's, she's been to 34 countries. I take her everywhere. And, um, we, I'll tell you what it was. It, we, I've always kind of not so much dragged her, but we always do these things where we just pick up and go. If we had a long weekend, we would go somewhere far. And, um, a couple of years ago we went to Scotland and we were on a boat and this is a true story. And I, we were <laughs> this video, uh, we were looking for the Loch Ness monster and I couldn't believe what we had done in two days. We had been to the Highlands. We did a hike. We went to Edinburgh Castle. We were out looking for the monster. We were, you know, it was all of this stuff. We had, you know, a great feast. We had a tea. Um, 
And I said, we, I've done this with a, with a kid, you know, in 48 hours, I was able to kind of conquer Scotland, you know, <laughs> so, and we made a little video and the, the name just came to me. And I said, well, I've been doing this all the time. I've been planning this for people. So again, you know, why don't I make it a thing? And um, it kind of caught right on. It was interesting. I think I think you're so right. That's such a niche uh, segment for 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 travelers in general. I mean, not everyone has a week or five days or even let alone two weeks. So it, it's a great way to explore and still uh, let people accomplish what they want to accomplish with their travel. But I want to break it down, like down to the details, because I want to really understand how it works. For example, do you leave Friday and be back on Sunday? It's flexible. It's whatever you want. And especially I work with a lot of entrepreneurs. So sometimes, you know, their weekends could be Tuesday and Wednesday, you know, um, it, it really depends. So it, the concept is you leave <clears throat> on day one and, um, you know, usually, I mean, so many power joints that we've done have been overnight flights. Um, you know, so maybe for example, if you're doing Lisbon, you would fly on a, I don't know, a Friday night and you'd arrive and you'd have full day Saturday and Sunday, and you could either return Sunday night or Monday. And we would in, import in this itinerary, unique things to allow you to experience the city in a way that you didn't envision before. So we piece them together so that they kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. So, um, you know, some of them are guided, some are not, but you have experiences that you wouldn't expect. And lots of times they, they integrate food, um, wine, culture, um, you know, a, a local interaction. And um, yeah, depending on where the, uh, where the location is, but always something with a, with a bit of a surprise that you didn't see coming. Um, so, so yeah, that's how it works. Do you, so do you plan it down by the minute? Like, you know, you land at 10, you have your shuttle at 10, 15 restaurant at 11, 15, like, like that. Yeah. Kind of you have your transfers. We have a scheduled pickup for you. We, but we do things, um, a little bit differently. For example, if you arrive in Europe, you have a private car waiting. Um, you usually have, we negotiate maybe like a 15 minute revival massage on arrival at the hotel. Ooh early check-in, which we guarantee, which we book in there um, so that you don't have to wait, like typical, you know, when you arrive in Europe and your room's not ready till four, that doesn't happen. So we try to eliminate. <laughs> so true. Yeah, we, we eliminate all of that. So if people did want to have a little nap, they could go right to the room. And then, you know, so we customize. If somebody says, look, I'm going to do this, but I'm not the type of person who can get off the plane and just go, I need to rest a little bit, then we just fill that in. So otherwise, it's just, you know, we and then we start the touring a little bit later. So okay. it depends on the person. So do, do you plan the destination in advance? Uh, it's what, whatever they want. You know, we have actually oh, okay. itineraries and these, you know, we do customize. It's interesting. We do customize for everybody um, under Explorator Journeys, but this is the only product that is pre-built, I'd say. And the reason why is because there are such unique experiences and they have to work in a certain way in order for you to you know, in a certain timing, I'd say, in a certain schedule in order for you to get the best of it. But having said that, we can always reformat, you know, and if somebody, if we have, say, I don't know, a chocolate experience and somebody doesn't want to, we can redo that and make it a big, you know, a, 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 I don't know, a produce experience in the market, something like that. Um, so we can tailor it. Okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is for the people that are listening, they can just contact you and say, Hey, Gabriela, I want to go to Dublin yes. tomorrow or the day after tomorrow and mm -hmm. do this 48 hour thing. You can just put it together and Absolutely. send it over to them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's quite easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I look forward, may, I, I might say, I look forward to the days where we actually can get back to saying, I'm going to go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how often do you do those short trips and how many people can actually book? 
Um, anybody can book. I mean, I do quite a few myself per year, just, just, to, you know, to main, maintain my, um, you know, just my broadened view of the world and also just as a mental health break. <laughs> so I enjoy them. Um, but yeah, we do sell quite a few per year. I mean, this year is going to be a little bit different, I think. Um, but we, we actually have a really good following on them. And, but what happens is I'd say we sell a lot, but usually people see the itineraries and they love them and they say, you know what, I can squeeze in another day or two. So they, they, they wind up not being 48 hours a lot of the time. Oh, okay. People find the time. Um, but yeah, that we do, you know, there are still quite a few people that just have those two days and especially parents, um, you know, that, that needs like couples that want to get away that have kids. This is perfect for them because um, lots of times they don't have childcare. They don't have, you know, they can't leave the kids for an extended period of time, but they want to do something. So it becomes kind of like a great gift opportunity for your yes. partner, Valentine's day or an anniversary. I mean, they, they're like the greatest solution, especially for parents with kids that can't leave them behind for, for a very long time. Yeah, those are the days that you need grandpa and grandma, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, that's perfect. Uh, so how is the customer experience from start to finish? And what are some of the compliments that you receive the most? I think, you know, it's, with with family journeys, um, we tend to receive a lot of a lot of really warm compliments and also honeymoons. We tend to do a lot of both of those um, segments. And I think for families, what's happened is we booked, I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of Southern and East Africa. I mean, that, that's, you know, where a lot of my heart is. And um, I think when we, when we work with a family and they have that experience where they're mixing with the local culture and they're having that safari experience and seeing, I mean, there's nothing like that. That's completely impactful. And you never forget that. Um, you know, and you're kind of one with nature and, and you're seeing these beautiful sights and you're just being so well taken care of. Um, but being able to do that and sitting outside and having dinner by the fire with your family at a lodge and there's just something really magical that brings together a family. So I think more, more than, more than people coming back and saying, oh, that hotel was great. And, you know, it's more like the feeling that they've been yes. able to achieve. And also it's really nice. What happens in my customer cycle, which I really enjoy is when I do someone's honeymoon and put it together and make it unbelievable. And then they continue with me and they, they take their anniversary trip. Then all of a sudden um, they have a baby and they're taking their, you know, their family trips. <laughs> That's really nice. I have a couple of couples that I work with that, you know, are, have already had a child. And, and now we're looking at different, different journeys where they can start to take the kids. So that, that to me is, is really, you know, where the, that's very rewarding. Yes, absolutely. That is exactly what experiential travel is. Um, you're so good at doing these 48-hour John trips that you actually wrote a book about it. And <laughs> the book is called 48 Hours In, Lessons Learned from a Lifetime of Global Johns. And I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes. What are some of the lessons that Gabriella has learned about those trips? Oh, gosh. Okay. First, that the world can, you know, you can see the world in a very short period of time. <laughs> True. Um, but I think so much of what I've learned about myself and my life has been through solo travel. Um, I love going away with people. I love doing my daughter, a significant other, you know, all of that. But um, I what I've learned in the past, I mean, I, I enjoy being with, you know, some, you know, somebody now traveling, but I think when I was kind of growing up and even, you know, my twenties and even thirties and um, even now post-divorce, right. When I first got divorced, um, I learned so much about myself being alone and just having time to actually observe because so much, you know, when you see, um, you know, a, a small, you know, little stand and somebody making a business out of, you know, um, 
you know, recycled materials they find on the ground and making crafts out of it. Or, you know, there's a story I tell about an Italian guy when I was um, hiking and he had lemons all over the place and he was just making homemade lemonade while people were hiking on this trail. And that was his business. (laughs) And he was booming. And I think, um, you know, you see things like that or you see children with nothing, finding a a soccer ball to play with and and just having, you know, being the happiest that you could ever see somebody be. Um, Sometimes you have to, you know, have a quiet in your mind to be able to soak that up and realize that. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it was, it's just been an interesting journey. And I think observing and actually letting yourself smile at people and letting yourself talk to people, um, has been probably the best lesson because you learn so much, like so many people, uh, you know, have tour guides when you go on a journey and very few people actually talk to them. You know, what's your day life? You know, what, what is your, your normal life like? You know, what's it like? Where do you live? And, and I think that you can learn so much also by that too. Yes, you got to be curious. You have to ask those questions when you go in a country. I mean, you're already there. So just take it all in. Uh, immerse yourself. That's, that's what travel is about in the end. Exactly. And I, I think it becomes more enriching when you have someone that really loves it with you. Um, so that that's my favorite kind of trip when somebody's, you know, like just... Um, you know, open to things or when you're planning something for somebody, you know, like, like I do, I love it when I have a client that that is very willing to explore and be adventurous. So let me ask you this. Do you love more traveling or planning travel? (laughs) I like, I like traveling. (laughs) It's a lot of fun, but sometimes I'm working on these itineraries and I find myself daydreaming and it takes a lot. I said, Oh gosh, I really, I'm going to put that one on my list. Um, Good. But yeah, I'm, I'm always happiest, and and you know we're in a moment right now where it's a little bit constricting because I, you know we cannot travel um, for now, and that will be okay. Yeah, I know we'll be okay in the future. So it's just I, I, I find myself planning what I want to do moving forward. We're just taking a vacation from the vacation, That's right? It. Sometimes we need to. <laughs> <laughs> so it's time for some rapid fire questions. So first country you have ever visited? Oh, that was Portugal. Portugal. Very, yeah, very very early age. Yes. <laughs> My father was Portuguese and his mother lived there. They actually his parents at the time. And um yeah, that was uh that was my first trip and I was very very young. They took me over to uh to see them. <laughs> okay. And what is your favorite place that you've been? Gosh, um, well, I, Lisbon will always be my number one just because it was so special to me all my life. Um, you know, I love Portugal, but just the, the feeling that I get when I'm in Lisbon is really nothing. There's nothing like it. Um, but as I mentioned before, I'm a huge, I fell in love with South Africa many, many, many years ago. And um, it, it really changed my life. And I've been back, I don't know, 20 times since, something like this. And um, it, every single time it's been a, a different magical story. Wow. So I had to ask you this. I'm originally from Rome, Italy, yeah. and I haven't been in Lisbon, but I've been in many, many other cities in Europe. So why is Lisbon so special? I think it, it matches me. It's um, it's kind of uh, understated. It's it's unique. It's authentic. It's, um, and I hate to say because I'm, I'm a positive person, but there, there's a little bit of a, a, a not a sadness, but, you know, just a, a feeling of, you know, calm, but not too over the top. <laughs> just kind okay. of like a really, a really nice sense of um, enjoying life, but without being too, too flamboyant or crazy, you know, like the buildings are older and everything's understated and, um, but really, really, you know, kind of beautiful inside. And I just, I, um, I, I relate to that vibe. So almost like a city that doesn't <laughs> have to pretend. Exactly. You know, and I think that there's just something to that. And I think it's almost like, um, it's also... 
still to this day, a little bit less discovered than some, you know, it's definitely less popular than Barcelona. It's less popular and less overrun than Madrid. And believe me, Rome is on, on my top five list. I mean, that's, you know, I'm also half Italian. <laughs> Rome, Rome holds a huge part in my heart. Um, and I, and I think, you know, I get the same feeling there. Um, but um, yeah, there's just something about it. And I think it's those memories because so much hasn't changed. Um, this, the, the cafe that we used to go to with my mom and dad to have ice cream, you know, in Lisbon is still there, you know, wow. like, you know, I, I, the same Sunday is on the menu, you know, like, <laughs> like the same, the same train to take to, to the same beach and, and nothing really has, has shifted that much. So it's like, when I walk there, I feel like I can remember all the smells and, and everything. And, you know, there's been developments, but there's, there's so much still that remains that I remember a, when I was little. It's almost like if you hit pause. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Great, great. And if you have if you could have a free round trip flight anywhere in the world, where would you go and why? Oh my goodness. Um I right now I'm a I'm pretty obsessed with Antarctica. And Okay. I, yeah, and I think that I was up until everything halted a few weeks ago, I was actually thinking about how to do it. Um <laughs> and I found an amazing way. Um actually we, you know, I'll just tell you this is interesting for your listeners. We have a journey now that that you know, it, it centers around South Africa. So you're in Cape Town and you can actually fly to Antarctica for the day on a Gulf Stream and spend 13 hours on the ground from Cape Town. Wow, that is yes. great. Tell us more is, about it. That It's amazing. You do a couple of days in Cape Town and then you leave um, very, very early. It's about a five hour flight to this particular point where a company has built um, an experiential kind of area. Um, and you can, you know, you're on the ground, you're doing um, a couple of different ice related journeys and things like that. And then you leave. Um, it's another four or five hour flight back and you're back in Cape Town around midnight or 1 a.m. Wow. It's so it's incredible. kind of like a power, a 48 hour power jump in, in a South Africa trip. <laughs> it's the ultimate. It's Antarctica for the day. That's actually how we market it. <laughs> Antarctica for the day. That's great. Yeah, That's great. So I think um, that that is right now where I, where my head is at. Okay. Favorite phone app that you use during your travel? Oh my goodness. Uh, if, you know, it's, it's silly because it's not travel related, but it's, it's Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. Okay. Share. I mean, it's, I, I like to just share with people what I'm doing, you know, and what I discovered and I love posting photos and, you know, it, it, but just giving people like a little points of education about what I found, you know, um, Oh, I met, you know, like I, this shop owner who sells this or, you know, that kind of thing and just dropping tips. Um, so I probably find myself using Facebook more than anything and um, Google Maps because I walk everywhere. And <laughs> so <laughs> Google app to get me like for directions. Um, yeah, I'm, I always have my AirPods in and I'm constantly, you know, being told like where to go and how to walk where because I, I just love going everywhere on foot. Okay. So and outside the norm, like passports and those sorts of things, what is one item that you couldn't travel without? Uh, lately it's, I have this backpack that's amazing and it's, I'll get, <laughs> I have nothing to do with the company. It's not a plug, but I just will tell you it's, it's awesome. It's called nomadic with a T N O M A T I C. And it's this backpack that is kind of, you know, it's not too gigantic, but it's so uniquely crafted. So you can actually, um, pack it and have enough room and clothes and even like workout sneakers for a power jaunt. Oh, okay. So is it considered like a carry-on yes, for an airline? It's an, easy, it's an easy carry-on. You can even put it in the seat in, under the seat in front of you. It doesn't even need to go up, up on the top if if that had to happen. Um, so it is for me the best the best piece of equipment that I've found. 
in a long time when I don't want to like wheel a bag and it's, it's, it's been great. So that, that's been an interesting, fun discovery for the power. Genre. Awesome. So, and the company and the bag is called nomadic or the nomadic. company is nomadic. Okay. Yeah. Nomadic. Yeah. It's a large backpack. Okay. And throughout your travels, what was the best thing you ever witnessed? Oh my gosh. Um, you know, I think it, I wouldn't say it's the best thing. It was the most impactful thing. I think one of the most impactful things is that I, I was in India, which was, you know, it's a com complicated country. Um, and I saw, I have a photo of this and it still strikes me to this day. There was a boy who was sort of leaning over and he, he looked like he was building a, like kind of a fort or a house of rocks. And I didn't understand. He was kind of making this <clears throat> this thing. And the guide had said, he comes there every day and the, the, the building of this, of this, structure he builds it and then i guess someone takes it down and he comes back again it's a prayer to find a home for his family oh no yeah and it was just like i couldn't imagine like that this kid would walk and it was quite up a hill like obviously he wasn't in a car and that he would walk up this hill every single day at some point you know he didn't go to school and he didn't look like he had much and he would just build this this thing and um you know, that, that just, that stuck with me about how, how lucky I think we all are, um, you know, and also just to see that kind of faith. Yes. Yeah. It definitely puts things in, pers in perspective yeah. for sure. Yes. And you, you, oh, wow. you learn a lot about yourself and what, you know, in the, you know, and then you, you stop thinking about ever complaining about anything really <laughs> when you see moments like that. Yes. And, and this is exactly the, the gift of travel. Like yeah. you can only, you can only see this stuff if you actually take the time to explore the world and meet people and talk to local and, and just take, take the time to enjoy it and absorb it. It's, it's great. Wow. That, that was kind of impactful, impactful story. Um, yeah. Is there anything else that we didn't discuss that you would like to add? <laughs> no, I just encourage everyone to hang on through this challenging time and to just remember that the world is still a beautiful, amazing place. And it needs to be explored. So I just encourage everyone to continue to be bold and know that, you know, we are stronger than any storm and the world will be waiting for you when you're ready to get back out and see it. I love it. So Gabriela, as a guest on my show, you get to ask the question of the day. And basically you ask a question to the audience and the audience will reply back on social media or directly to your email, uh, whatever it might be. And the question can really be anything. It doesn't even have to be travel related. What would you like to ask the audience? I would, I think I'd like to know where, well, I would always make it travel related, but <laughs> it would be a two part question. I'd love to know, similar to what you asked me, what was, what was their most impactful travel moment? And, and, you know, uh, the other side of that, where is it that they wish to go and why? Because I'm always interested in the why, you know, it's nice to say some of the why, oh yeah, I would want to go here, but I want to know what they want to achieve from that. So that would be interesting for me to, to know. I love it. I love it. We'll, we'll post it there. And before we wrap up, Gabriela, can you share how people can learn more about yourself and more about your company and your book? Where would you suggest they go? Oh, sure. Okay. Well, the um, website for Explorator is it's Explorator Journeys, E-X-P-L-O-R-A-T-E-U-R, -E and then Journeys with an S. Um, on Instagram, I'm just the Explorator, um, or you can do info at exploratorjourneys.com. Okay. And what, where can we find your book? Oh, on Amazon. Actually, on Amazon. available on Amazon. Yep. It's just called 48 Hours In, Lesson Learned from a Lifetime of Global Travels. Um, so it's, um, yeah, you can just Google Google 48 Hours In or do a search on Amazon and, um, yep, with Gabriella Rivero. 
Perfect, perfect. Well, that was great, Gabriela. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. And I really enjoyed this conversation. And um, I'm going to have to call you to try one of these 48 hour jumps as soon as possible, as soon as we can travel again. Absolutely. I look forward to it. It's been a pleasure. And that was Gabriela Ribeiro. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I know there are a million of podcasts out there and I really appreciate you spending an hour of your time with me today. For links and everything that we discussed in this episode, check out the show notes at doyubakay.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to reply to Gabriela's question on Instagram at doyubakay. She wants to know what was your most impactful travel moment and where do you wish to go and why? If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, share it with a friend or give a review. Until next time, keep travel on your mind, stay safe and have fun.